1: It opened to great fanfare in 2018, the I Promise School in uh, Akron, Ohio. You remember LeBron James, uh, just a kid from Akron, uh, who had brought a NBA championship back to Cleveland in 2016. He was at the height of his popularity. Uh, He had already left uh, to play for the Los Angeles Lakers at the time, but it did not diminish the enthusiasm in uh, Northeast Ohio, nor nationally, over LeBron James uh, doing... uh, something transformative for his community. Here is how uh, NBC nightly news and Lester Holt
2: breathlessly reported it at the time. Good morning. Welcome. Kids arrive for the first day of school today in Ohio as a new approach to fix an old problem. takes center court led by someone who knows their stories more than they could imagine. I know exactly what these 240 kids are going through. Um, I know the streets that they walk. I know the trials and tribulations that they go through because I've been there. Which is why NBA superstar LeBron James and his foundation are opening this school in Akron for at-risk third and fourth graders who struggle both in school and at home. The most important thing that we can give them is structure and a sense of they just want someone to feel like, they, like we care.
1: Okay, I stopped it there because that is where I think LeBron went south in his comments about the I Promise School. And in fact, the results uh, bear that out. Uh, it is a beautiful school, and uh, this is not meant to uh, figuratively dunk on LeBron because I certainly, literally, could not do that. But you could see from the very beginning in one of the big fancy displays in the school where they went wrong. They have a display there that over the top of it says, I promise. And then it lists a bunch of things that the kids promise when they go there. And they go there, they started as third and fourth graders from disadvantaged backgrounds. And then they added a year as the class matured. So third and fourth graders started in 2018. And then they ascended to fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. But the sign on the wall said, I promise. The first one said, I will work hard. Awesome. Love it. Second promise. I will never give up. Also good. Three. I will do my best. Fantastic. And then we start to descend into wokeism. I will dream big. I will stand tall. Okay, Maybe more tangible results like I will study hard, I will do my homework, I will always be prepared. I will not complain about circumstances keeping me from achieving my goals rather than I will just dream big. And the results from the I Promise School, uh, well, they're not good. In fact, the headmaster of the school uh, says that they are discouraging. Uh, Last fall, the uh, class of eighth grade students failed to achieve the uh, passing math scores for their age. And that is the fifth straight year that they have failed to do so. The fifth straight year. This is not a statistic that Speaks to, or in the glowing terms that NBC posed for the I Promise School when it opened, nor, nor when Lester Holt went back five years later to continue to sing
2: the praises of the place. Five years ago, NBA superstar LeBron James opened the I Promise School in his hometown of Akron, Ohio. The goal to give at-risk youth a place to learn and feel supported. I understand the mental state that goes in with these kids and where they come from. About 1,600 students have attended the school, which demands that its students promise to always do their best and make healthy choices. It's up to us as the mentors and everybody in place to help them to get to that point. That's what kids want to know, that you care about me, and, um, and we do here. Proof of that? Every graduate receives a college scholarship. Well, that's a
1: great promise. But if you're not hitting your math scores, you can promise the world, and you're not going to have to deliver on it, because if you can't pass your math test, you're not going to graduate from high school. The president of the I Promise School Board, Derek Hall, says this. For me as a board member, I just think about all the resources that we're providing, and I'm just just disappointed. It doesn't appear like we're seeing the kind of change that we would expect to see. There are a lot of charter schools out there that do uh, a really great job with students, and the ones that do the best are the ones that don't lower expectations and don't put up with failure and pose it as some kind of result from some outside circumstance. You know, the affirmative action case at the Supreme Court was brought by Asian students who were vastly superior to other applicants to Harvard and North Carolina in test scores. And Harvard and North Carolina were finding ways, and it was so callous and so racist, that they said that, well, socially, the Asians wouldn't fit in here, so we're going to limit their enrollment to our school here in Chapel Hill and in Cambridge. Uh, I firmly believe that kids rise to the level of expectations that you not only set and that you demand for them. And this $10 million annual investment that Akron City Schools has made in the I Promise School is, sure, splashy, lots of great graphics, lots of Embraceable ideas, lots of uh, feel-good objectives. But the results have not been there. The results have not been there. And so they got to make a change. Because, and I, and I would say too, LeBron has to get behind this and has to become more involved in demanding success. He continues to open and... Just last week or last month, he announced some kind of new initiative built around the labeling I Promise. I think it was 50 low-income homes, or in the vernacular of today, affordable housing I Promise homes. This has to be more of a mission for LeBron than a brand. Uh, He has the capacity to, and I appreciate his dedication, to doing a lot of great things for his hometown, but... It's pretty clear that the real story of the I Promise School is not anywhere close to what everyone anticipated that it would be back when it opened. Their English scores are not a whole lot better. And while they take kids, and you would say, well, you know, sure, some of the results here are not good, because they're taking kids who are at risk to begin with. That's true. But it's also true that those... Kids who don't get into the I-Promise school, who qualify to get into the I-Promise school, go to other Akron city schools, and while they're not knocking it out of the park with their test scores, their test scores are higher than the test scores coming out of the I-Promise school. So something is amiss there, because this is a popular sort of occurrence that Democrats all too often believe can cure a situation— Let's throw money at it. This is the teacher's union mantra, right? Oh, school choice in Ohio is a bad idea because school choice in Ohio is taking money away from public schools. That's a lie. It's not. If your kids decide this year to not go to the public school they were going to and instead to take the EdChoice scholarship that they qualify for, the school they were going to will get the exact same funding for your kid, even though they're not going there, as they did when your kid did attend there. And so the funding for public schools has not gone down, but the results have not been there to accompany the increase in expenditures. And while school choice has arrived this year in Ohio, and no matter what you make, your son or daughter qualifies for some amount of school choice scholarship, the actual funding to public schools has increased by more than the amount that will be dedicated to school choice. So don't listen to the teachers' union when they tell you those lies. New York Times released a poll yesterday that has Trump up by a mammoth amount, 30-plus points, over all the uh, other presidential hopefuls. The most troubling breakdown in that poll to me was that uh, people are enamored with Trump as their choice for the Republican presidential nomination because he's the most fun to watch. Uh, I didn't realize we were whittling our choices down to, uh, as Maximus used to shout in the arena on gladiator. Are you entertained? Yes, I enjoy being entertained, but I would enjoy an effective policymaker better. So please tell me what are Trump's positions on the issues? Like, Beyond just some kind of a one-sentence talking point. We're going to secure the border. Really? Uh, Did you the first time? No. Economic policy. Ah, we're going to cut regulations. And? Which regulations? How are you going to do it? That would be nice to know. I'm not somebody who's a policy wonk. But I would like to know. I would love to know. I need to know that whoever the Republican presidential nominee is going to be will have a better plan than just randomly swinging a sledgehammer to destroy whatever they find when they report to the Oval Office. You know I am, at this point in time, a supporter of Ron DeSantis. Now, I will say, too, that I am disappointed in DeSantis because he is a lot more wooden and forced than I thought he would be. He looks incredibly uncomfortable when he is on camera and they introduce, we're going to go to Governor Ron DeSantis. And he smiles, and I'm like, that's an awkward smile. I get it. He's not as much fun. He's not as warm. He's not as cozy. He's just effective. He's just targeted. He's just purposeful. He's just methodical. Yesterday, DeSantis released a 10-point plan for the economy. 10 points. You could put 10 points on a teleprompter for Trump. He wouldn't get past point two before he veered off somewhere else into irrelevancy. It'd be entertaining, though. Man, I sure hope Republicans are more focused on the election than to just be mesmerized by the shiniest object on the debate stage. I laugh every time I hear some pundit say, Trump is a very effective debater. Like, did you watch the Chris Wallace debate with Joe Biden? Because that is where Donald Trump lost the 2020 presidential election on that debate stage against a ventriloquist mannequin. Don't tell me he's great on the debate stage. Interrupting constantly does not make you a great debater. Having insightful, analytical answers. Two questions makes you a great debater. And if you want to be a next level debater, also throwing in a one-liner here and there ratchets up your success level. So what's in DeSantis' 10-point plan? Ending America's abusive relationship with China by reversing trade deficits. Okay, Trump did that. But I'm just not sure Trump remembers that he did that or that he can talk about doing it or why he would do it again. DeSantis says he'll achieve 3% economic growth by cutting Biden regulations, lowering taxes, and incentivizing investment in the U.S. Trump did that too. But again, could you talk a little bit more about that than about the DOJ's persecution of you? Trump continues to talk about the DOJ going after him and weaponizing him and interfering in the election. And he's right in all of it. He's right in all of it. But the people that that resonates with the most are never going to desert him. If he never mentions it another time, he's got those people. They're his base. They're not leaving him. I get it. But Chris Sununu of New Hampshire made a point yesterday in an interview with Harris Faulkner that underscores a very worrisome situation with Trump as it concerns the general election. Oh, he's going to crush in the primaries. I have no doubt about that. But there is a sizable portion, not just of the entire electorate, but of the Republican electorate that is at the very worst skeptical or no at the very worst hostile in the middle, skeptical, and on the good end, just hesitant to vote for donald Trump
3: folks know i'm not much of a, of a of a Trump guy, so to say, and I think on the face of it, everybody in that room would tell you he gave the worst speech. he just came out, he read a he read from a binder. He just kind of looked down and read from a binder, had no energy, talked about his poll numbers. Nothing about the future of America, nothing about how to get stuff done, nothing about, you know, actually uh, getting some of these initiatives and policies moving forward. So I, I, I think his fell flat. But, yeah, sure, he's definitely still leading. He is the former incumbent president. Nobody should be surprised by that. And the national polls, I get it. They're, they're big. But where's the discussion happening? Iowa and New Hampshire. Where are those polls? Well, two of the last three polls, have the former president under 40 percent, which means over 60 percent of his base, hardcore voter Republican don't want him. And so it's not what he has. It's what he doesn't have as a, for, as, a as a former president. And that's why if this gets down to a one on one race, he's in real trouble. There's no.
1: Yeah, but it's not going to get down to a one on one on one race because we have dopes like Doug Burgum and Mike Pence. And. As much as I like him and find him refreshing, Vivek Ramaswamy is not going to be the next president of the United States. Is he running for VP? Is he running for Commerce Secretary? The field is too crowded. It does not give DeSantis and Trump a chance to face off. Trump has such a huge lead because people are fascinated by the shiny object, by the fact that they want to be entertained. But I would just hope that at some point in time, Trump could... Demonstrate to us that he does indeed care more about the country than he cares about avenging what was done to him. What was done to him was and is wrong. I won't argue with you on that. I know that when I say these kinds of things, it aggravates all of you, but I always come back to my four word mantra for the 2024 presidential election I want to win. I want to win. And it's more than I want to win. We have to win. We have to win. We're not three years into Joe Biden's presidency yet. Do you really think we can protect women in private spaces? Do you really think that you can run your business the way you want to run your business? Do you really think the Supreme Court will still be supreme if Joe Biden is allowed to be president? from 2025 through 2028? Because I got news for you. He won't be president that entire time. He won't last that long. There's no chance. And who will take over after him if it's Kamala Harris, if it's somebody else that they massage into place will be twice as radical as he is. And Where that leads is too frightening for me to even contemplate. So please, focus. And let's
0: pick the best person who can win